welcome to the Voice of Many podcast show with Yolanda and Vanessa. Welcome and thank you for joining us tonight. We want to say thank you for all that you have done as far as listening to us, bringing great information our way, and we continue that by bringing you a special guest tonight. He is a returning guest, a gentleman who has many years' experience in sales and in marketing. He is Dan. He is here to enlighten us on the financial side um, like no one ever has before. Welcome to the mic, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was a, a nice intro. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, yeah, la- last uh, think time we talked, we covered uh, investments, uh, the stock market, um, you know, credit, you know, as it kind of evolves, uh, you know, as you as you grow older and whatnot. So looking forward to doing part two here today. Oh, great. And like I said, we we're going to do a recap here. Um, listeners, if you missed um, part one of Financial Freedom, Please go back and and listen to it. You can really find that when it comes to investing, you really don't need that much. Um, Dan, you was telling us about um, different ways of investing and saving money. Um, You talked about Ameritrade and E-Trade. So can you recap on on the start market side investing and how to grow your credit quickly? Yeah, uh, and I think you know the stock market for so long was something that you know I think people only thought uh, people with a good amount of money had access to, and that was kind of the case. You know, we couldn't you know unless you could pay a trader and you know an accountant and all that kind of uh, stuff. That that's that's what you you know you could do. And um, now that there's so many uh, personal investing you know companies out there, like you said, TD Ameritrade, E Trade. Uh, Chase, even Robinhood, those are these are companies that you could do it with as simple as you know fifty dollars, and you know obviously your money is going to grow based on how much you money how much money you start with, uh, but you have the ability to to grow it uh, much quicker than a savings account or you know um, anything uh, of your traditional banking. So it's just, it was just something really important to me, and I've been waiting forever to get into it and, and got into it. Um, you know, fairly recently, and it's uh, with with researching and and having the knowledge and kind of being empowered to be your own buyer. It's really um, life changing in, in many ways. Even if, like I said, even if you start out with a small amount, to invest. Yeah, every little bit helps. And once you, the main thing is just getting started, making that yeah, initial sure. move to say yes, I'm going to do this. Yeah. 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 And that's, it takes a lot, you know, that's a great point because it took me, you know, from the time I wanted to do it to the time I did do it, it was almost a decade. Um, when that, when I wanted to do it, you know, I was, I was still not making enough money to really cover all my bills. But even when I was got to that point where I was, you know, financially independent, I still was a little, you know, hesitant to do it because I wanted to know everything I could know about it. And, uh, you know, I did my re- research for, you know, uh, quite a few years before I finally jumped in, but I was happy when I jumped in because I didn't just take the, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, make a million dollars overnight. I take the slow, you know, researching approach of, you know, where can I put my money and, and know that it's going to grow. Um, and it's, uh, it's been a pretty good run. So 
And what topics will you be sharing with us tonight? Um, so today, I think we're just going to touch more on what we were talking about last time. Uh, and the things that we're uh, planning on touching on were 529 education plan, uh, investing in startups, which is something completely uh, new, uh, along with in- individual investing, and then tools you could use um, to do your research and find out what the best path is for you and what kind of you know stocks and investing tools are the right way to go. Okay. All right, we'll let you take the floor. Let's let's start with the five twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. So I, I touched on that a little bit the first time we spoke, um, but it's something that it's basically an education payment plan uh, for your for your unborn children. Um, and when I say unborn children, it could be you know when you're young, you can start putting money away and it compounds uh, and just adds up over time. You can also do it when you have children. Um, and the best part is if you haven't had children yet and you decide not to have children, you can use it for yourself. So it, if you've got student loans of your own, uh, you can cash that out after a certain amount of years. Uh, if you've got student loans or, you know, you need to pay for your, your children's school, you could do that. Um, it's just a, it's just a great option. Uh, and you could start with, again, you know, next to nothing. And when I first started that um, nearly 20 years ago, I was putting... $60 away every two months. And, uh, you know, you can imagine over 20 years, um, you, you start to grow that interest and it, it really makes a big difference. Uh, and, and again, kids or no kids, it's going to help you out no matter what. So it's one of those things where you put the money away, you, you don't touch it. You can grow it if you want, or you can keep it the same. It's really up to you. And, uh, most of these banks, uh, offer, offer a 529 plan you just need to go in or, or talk to somebody that works inside the bank and, and they'll um, tell you all about it that's great because that's something that um for me personally i was not aware of and i think it would be great um even being grandparents starting one for your grandkids will be an excellent way of starting their education definitely definitely and, and a lot of schools you know like florida has the bright future I'm not sure if, I don't know how all states, you know, manage their, um, you know, school uh, loans and, and grants that they that they hand out to, to families and students. So it's a great way to either supplement or pay for it. Uh, you know, even if you're putting in a little bit, after a couple of years, you're going to have a, a good chunk of money saved away. And uh, like you said, you could, it, it, it can even be for your nephews or nieces. Uh, so it's really... Uh, a great tool to use for, for anybody that you're close with that you want to help out. That's true, because me and my husband recently were talking about how are we going to um, start saving money for our, both of our girls to go to school, and we didn't realize that there's actually other ways of doing it. Because mm-hmm. at one point we were like, should we just use an account that we have and just put money in it or how should we go about it? But hearing about this will be a really, really great way for me to start talking to him about, Hey, there is a way for us to do this without us having to, you know, trying to keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and you're, you know, you're probably a little bit more responsible than I was when I was younger. And, if I put, if I open an account, I, you know, I did that several times, even my savings account. 
and I, I just couldn't keep my hands off of it. Uh, so I was always, oh, you know, I'll just put more in next paycheck or I'll just cover this, you know, next time. With the 529, you, you can't pull it out. Um, so that is a little different than, say, what we talked about with the investment uh, accounts or the, the stock market where you can pull it out. Even a 401k, you can pull it out. Um, but with the 529, you know, once you start putting money in that, it's going to be locked up for, you know, the time that you agree on with the bank of when you're going to withdraw. Uh, and you don't even have to withdraw uh, at that time. You can keep putting money towards it, but it's going to kind of lock and lock away and just build uh, interest over over those years. So it's a, it's a good option. So even with parents that have kids that are now six, seven years old, if they start one now, it's ready for them whenever they start college. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And even if the kid is, you know, even if the, the children 13, 14 years old, you know, four or five years, depending on how much you put away, you can easily have enough to pay for, a, you know, a year or two, um, you know, or, or, you know, cover books and, and housing or, or something like that. Even if the investment is low, it adds up pretty quickly. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Uh, it doesn't matter if, you know, if you've, if you've got children, even that are preteens or, you know, early teenagers, it, it's a, it's a good tool to have. Okay. All right. So where do we go to now after the 529? Well, I figured I'd talk about uh, investing in startup companies. Okay. It's, uh, okay. Yeah. A little, little different. And it's, uh, it's, it's basically pre-stock market. Um, so this is an investment opportunity for people that, you know, have a little bit of extra spending money. Uh, you don't have to have a lot, uh, which is really neat because back in the day before the internet, you had to have a good chunk of money to invest in a startup if you wanted to, you know, have any type of solid return. And then you, you know, with startups, they can be, they are boom and bust. So it could be something that goes really well, or it could be something that, you know, you don't see your money back from. So when you're investing in startups, it, it guaranteed has to be money you're okay with losing, you know, whether that's, you know, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, or, you know, if you have more than that, but if you're going to invest in startups, the, the number one rule is always be okay with losing that money. You know, that, that's, that's kind of the mindset you've got to go into. Uh, with that situation because it's a 50 50 shot, you know, either this, uh, this company is going to, you know, hit it big and, um, eventually become, you know, uh, a stock market based company or, you know, they're going to flail out. And, and it's, uh, it's similar to what we talked about with the stock market. You got to do your research, you know, find out what these companies are doing, what their plans are, who their CEOs are, what other kind of companies they've worked on in the past. But now with online platforms like Republic, um, and that's one I've been using, uh, it's, it's so easy. You could start usually with as low as $100. So kind of need to think that, say, a company like, um, I, I would just say, for example, Google was originally a startup. So when you hear, oh, Google raised so-and-so amount of dollars uh, to, to list as a you know, IPO on, on the stock market eventually. That's what these companies are doing now on on um, uh, investments, you know, uh, blocks like Republic. They're coming out and, you know, they were trying to raise capital to, to build their company equity up. 
And you can actually be an investor in that now, which is really neat. Instead of going to your trader or your accountant or, or whatnot, you can literally just sign up for an accountant, put a hundred dollars in and just, you know, watch it grow. Um, again, you, you got to do your research and, and find out which companies you think are going to be successful. But it's a, it's a good opportunity for that next step of when you've got a little bit of money, you know, you're, got your money put away for your your kid's school you know you got your savings you got your 401k it's um it's a great opportunity to kind of get in there and and uh take a chance on some new companies that are that are coming out that are that are doing a lot of a lot of cool stuff technology wise food wise health wise all the things that are really the hot button points uh, going on right now and it's a great way to support the small businesses especially yeah and that's yeah, there, there's some really cool uh, upstart businesses, um, you know, that have a lot of uh, the thoughts that, you, you know, you're seeing on the news today. You know, a lot of uh, diversity-driven initiatives um, that are company-based. I mean, it's, it's what the company's all about. It's not just a, you know, mission statement anymore. Um, you know, you have a lot of uh, companies that are trying old styles of business, but they're, they're, they're trying it a different way with their technology. Um, you know, so it's it's definitely really a, a cool thing that uh, you could do your research, look look up a, a bunch of different um, of these you know online platforms, but it's a lot of information out there. So if you, if you're a reader, it's a good thing to check up on them before you get into it. Okay. Are there any warning signs that anyone should look out for when they're getting ready to invest in these startups? Um, so if it's on a real, if it's on a legitimate platform, it, they've got rules and regulations just like any other banks, mm-hmm. but definitely do your homework on the platform that you're, that you're planning on signing up for. I mean, it needs to be, you know, one of the, one of the major ones, there's only a, a handful right now. So you're not going to see, you know, a, a, a ton of different options for those. But, um, yeah, I, like, again, I would say start small, you know, just like we talked about with uh, stock market investments. Just try, you know, even if you've got money to burn, just go with $100, $200, see where that, that goes. Because um, it is a longer bit of a play than, say, short selling on the stock market where you could turn your money around in a matter of weeks or months or even years. Um, you could be putting your money into this and the company might not become a public company for three or four or five years they're really just starting out um with that opportunity the cool thing is if you've invested you're gonna you're gonna be the first person to take a crack at their stock so that's kind of that's the really cool element to this um if they do go public and become you know a a company on the stock market you're gonna own stock before it's even sold to the public so that's kind of the really neat thing about it but yeah i i would just you know, say do your homework and start small and never ever put money that you can't um, afford to lose into a, into a startup company. Now, what about the penal- penalties as far as early withdrawals? Um, and, and what I'm getting at is whenever we're filing our taxes, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. with the 401k um, and there are IRAs and Roth accounts where you're penalized if you take that money out before a certain age. Is that true for the startup investments? Is that totally free and clear as far as just paying the taxes? 
Yeah, in terms of, of startup, you're not going to see that money for quite a bit. So you're not going to be penalized immediately. Uh, what would be the case is if you, you know, put, let's just say you put $100 into a startup right now, um, they go through the process of becoming a public company and they're listed on the stock market in three years. You would still, you know, you would be penalized or taxed on any of that money for that entire time. Now, once they became public and you said, well, I've got my money that I invested, I want to, I want to sell my stock. That's when you'd get, you know, taxed with a capital, um, capital tax. And usually that's going to be around 6%. So, you know, say you, this is just, um, to, to make up some numbers, but you put a hundred dollars in, in year one, in year three, that value online is about $500. 6% of that is you're looking at about $30 of the 500, um, I totally just made those numbers up out of the sky, but it's it's usually not a, a big enough tax to, you know, uh, make a make a big dent. Now, unless you're working in large sums of money, so um, it just depends how much you're you're investing. But no, you won't get taxed um, like a, like I say a four hundred one k or a Roth IRA, you know, would uh, would affect your income like that. With with that being said, um, I know we covered a lot on the investments and stocks. We let's go back over building your credit. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about how you know when you're in college, they try and push the credit cards on you. <clears throat> but um, some people still don't understand how improving your credit score really works with the credit cards and and everything. Can you briefly? go over that uh yeah the most important things and i think the thing we always hear from younger people is how can i build my credit if i can't get a good credit card um and and that's really important it what the credit card companies look at is how many accounts you have how long you've had your oldest account open for uh and also the credit utilization of you know how much money you're you know, you have available on your credit card or credit cards and how much your, you know, how much available credit you have left. So when you open that first account, it's, it's a great idea to try to keep that thing open. I mean, if you can, you know, not use it when you're young or, or use it very minimally and just keep it open for the years, even if it's got a bad rate on it, just keep it open. Because if you opened it, say in, you know, 1999, you've got 22 years of credit on file and that always gives a good boost to your to your credit account um two as you start to you know as most people become more fiscally uh, responsible as they get older and you get those potentials for credit line increases it's a good job it's a good idea to take them uh because as those credit line increases uh come as long as you're not (laughs) spending in line with it you know if you it's one of those situations where you say, Hey, we're going to get a credit light increase of a thousand. And then you go out and immediately spend a thousand dollars. That's obviously not the, the good move, but if you can raise your credit limit, that raises the amount of credit you have to, to money you've spent on your credit lines, uh, which the credit card companies, um, really like. Um, and then, you know, it's just, those are, those are the things that are going to be really important, uh, long-term, for for what you're trying to do and, and keep that uh credit high 
obviously, you know, everybody knows delinquent payments uh, can be a thing to kind of slow your slow your credit rise down. So it's always good to kind of get on a, a roll of paying those. So if you have consistent income and you can make recurring payments, that's that's a great move um, to take because it just takes out the uh, the challenge of, of paying everything on time. That makes me glad that the account that I opened up as a teenager, I've never gotten rid of. So yeah, yeah, and you I think like it helps. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, you, you know, the, the longer you have it, even if it's just sitting there and you you know spend ten dollars on it a year, if you keep it open, it, that'll just um, extend your extend your history as long as it's been open, which is a good move. Well, we want to thank you for joining us, and it's been a pleasure having you share the mic with us today. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. You guys are always awesome. Well, once again, I want to thank you. And to our listeners, we also want to thank you for listening. And if you have any questions or suggestions, please contact us on our many social media webpages. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel. And on behalf of our podcast and our sponsors, Z-Funk Productions, And step one, trading solutions, we want to thank you. And we will talk to you later.